Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we are back for season two of Hunters. Yes. So? Well, it was easier to watch than season one. That's fair. I mean, except for the last... Little bit. Except for the... Yeah, well, I mean, and there there was... um. The story of Zeb was um, fascinating. Wasn't it? And I, like, because you just didn't know what was going on at all, right? Yeah. Like, there was no idea. And I just went, whoa, Zeb is Zeb. Yeah. <laughs> Zeb is the Zeb. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, that was... I, all I can say is that the production values in both these in both these seasons are just fantastic. There isn't a missed bite. I would say that maybe the writing isn't quite as clear, but as we all know, this should have been stretched over into at least at least seasons. three, maybe four seasons. Yeah, at least one more season, if not two. Yeah. Um. Because they jump over a lot of stuff in that well, missing have, season. Of yeah, course they, they do. Yeah. To, you know, what happened in Europe? Because at the end of season one... They're, they're going all... to Europe to look for Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. And so we would have had a whole season looking for Nazis in Europe and having this horrible situation with Joss where he accidentally killed this child. But as it turns out, the we're spoiling the hell again. But it's it fine. Of course, the Nazi was holding the child up in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dude was holding his own what grandson in front of him, and he's like, yeah. "Yeah," and he's just like, "Nope, I'm not letting you get away with it. I'm not letting you hide behind a child." And he shot him anyway. He shot him anyway, and then the child died as well. Well, of course, and uh, well, not surprising. Uh, and of course, this made the other hunters turn on him, which you know I can't blame them. That's that's pretty hardcore. I get it. Yeah, that is real. That was probably much more hardcore if you think about what it must have been because usually anyway never mind well no, just it, you consider the presentation of the rest of the show yeah and you so you can imagine what that sequence would have been like for all of the characters yes, yes. i think that's the part of the key right is like because they have built this world and because we understand these characters we're like okay i get how rough this would have been but it still hurts that you didn't see it. Likewise, we didn't see yeah. what Travis was getting up to in jail. We didn't see what Dylan Baker was doing on the run. We just cut right to the end of the story. Yeah. And, um, you know, with just a, a few little tweaks in, in between. And yeah. I think. And I mean, there was going to be a whole interesting season about, okay, what does it look like if the U.S. government actually did try to go after Nazis and how would that go so wrong? that Millie would end up being willing to work with them. And they tried to fit all of that into 15 minutes of the first episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah. no, I don't envy them trying to do that. Because it's no, like I, the end of the first season where she's recruited to work on Nazi hunting for the government. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to be interesting. Oh, no, that's over in 15 minutes. Yeah. No, we were looking forward to all of that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I yeah, I mean, you can see what they had intended to do mm -hmm. and i think they did i would have a pretty fair job oh, yeah. uh, um 
of managing. You know, I um, it was it was uh, for sure. Yeah, very... like I mean, it's it is too bad that we didn't get to see the whole thing, but what we get is satisfying. Like yeah. the stuff with Joe's arc would have been interesting. How did Joe end up brainwashed by Hitler? Yeah. You know, it's like, these are, these are interesting questions. Yeah. We yeah, would have seen all of this. Seen it. All of, all of the questions you have of how, because all you do is get the flashes and it had to be torturous. Of course. And you can see it. And but they would have put that over the whole season. Oh, oh totally. Uh, would he have then broken Travis out of jail? And it would have been an awful coincidence. Like that he ended up being the one who had to do it. Probably. Yeah. You know, that's probably a direction that would have gone in and it would have been very interesting and heartbreaking. Yeah, all of it would have been. Um, we didn't. That's probably why the second season is easier to take than the first season. Yeah, because you the, the keys that you had to focus on is 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 Josh's grandmother, Jonah, Jonah and his great Jonah. aunt. Yeah. Jo well, it's Jonah and his great aunt, but Jonah. But also his grandmother's journey. Yes. Yeah. And what doing the flashbacks. And yeah. that was that was the thing. Um, like when they're doing the flashbacks with Pacino mm -hmm. and Robert, right? And oh yeah. The thing was is last time when we were doing it, I said, but that I was going to say, but that's why he had to kill her. Yeah. Right? And and then I, I sort of that's why he had to kill. And you said, What? No. And I said, Well, so who killed her? And you said Richter. But and I he was did. right. Yes, it was just yeah. it was just Pacino's fault. No, that Pacino it happened. Sent it. That's what I'm it saying. Was... It was his responsibility, but Richter's the one who killed her. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Just... yeah. And um so I mean that was um Oh, that was a rough watch. That was no, that was really, really difficult watching how that was done. Mm -hmm. And it was it was the funny thing is, is that that, of course, then finally, because they find out that Pacino had called Richter the same night his grandmother was killed, Ruth yep. was killed. And then that settles the relationship with all of them. Yeah. Once and for all. Jonah is back. Yep. They're all their good graces because they realize just how evil he was. Mm -hmm. The wolf was just because. He had seemed reasonable when it came to self-preservation. Yeah. And that scene, that scene with him, and I guess that's his sister. Yeah. Oh uh, no, that's his um yeah, that's his sister and his niece. Yeah. His sister and his niece, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. You know, and he does go back and then he ends up killing someone. Oh, well, he goes back specifically to lure out a Nazi hunter because he knew yes. his because he's like he had to lure out the the most talented Nazi hunter because he figured that was the only one who could find him. Yeah. And he was right, uh, because the only reason Ruth was able to find him is because she had known the actual guy. And as as good a job as he did of faking being this, you know, uh, good Jew living in New York, he could never fool someone who actually knew the person. And that's the key, right? And that's why she had to go. And the problem is, is that Ruth Salt knew both of them. Exactly. Knew exactly who this was. Oh, yeah. And then it took 
you know, it took him a while to realize, you know, and the funny, you know, the funny thing watching him, mm -hmm. right. Trying to, yeah, he probably did expect, I'm not sure he welcomed it necessarily, but he did expect Jonah to kill him. Oh, I mean, and uh, they, they put that right in the first season, like that him yeah. saying, I thought we would have more time. He knew Jonah was going to figure it out eventually, and yeah. he knew Jonah was going to kill him. And he could have killed Jonah if he cared that much about protecting himself. And I hate to offer redemption to any character who was an evil Nazi, and that's exactly what he was. But you can say that at the end of his life, he accepted that he was going to get killed. Yeah. That, and that that's was the only why. way his story could end. Yes, that was not necessarily redemption, but no. it was it was final judgment. Yeah, it's up it's up to somebody else to decide, right? Exactly. The universe can decide whether or not that was enough to redeem him. Yeah. We don't have to worry about it. Well, and that's what I liked about I what I really liked about the second season is seeing Al Pacino's journey. Because uh -huh. you were left at the end of the first season saying, "Okay, I've been on the side of a Nazi this whole time." Yeah. And it makes it more powerful. Like, yeah, I really I, believe that that ending <laughs> of the character has the effect of making it feel more powerful. Yeah. And, and, and seeing Ruth's journey. Yep. Of course. As well. Oh, God. You know, Ruth's journey was fantastic. Tried, you know? Yeah. So it, it is, um, I, it's I a good season. It, it really it's is. It's a very good season. Um, and I think they did a really good job of collapsing what they had to collapse. There aren't too, there, there really aren't big answered questions. There are things we would have liked to have seen and know more about. Yeah. Right. And we, um, and the, I mean, I just, it, I mean, it, it all tracks. Yeah. The, the whole business with Hitler and Eva Braun, mm -hmm. right? And that relationship was so well done because she's been the one out there. She's been the one doing everything and he still treats her like she's some kind of a dimwit. Yep. Right? And and at the end, right? I don't know, you know, because we're not going to talk no. about this. Just spoil it all. Yeah, we're going to spoil because, it all. It's fine. Because at the end, right, when she thinks... She gets to take over. She gets to take over. And, you know, so so there's Travis, right? And she thinks Travis is going to kill Hitler because he's an old, weak, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And then he turns around. He said, the Brotherhood isn't much for queens. <laughs> and kills her. Of course. Of course, you're never going to follow a woman's orders. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you know, and then him arm in arm with Hitler, going. Now, what I need you to do, yeah, is make me your official successor. Yes, because you know the troops, the troops will follow it much more. Oh, totally. They'll be thrilled. They'll follow me. I've got a whole army out there. Yeah, which, of course, all his years in jail, <laughs> he's completely ready for. He's got the Aryan nation on his side. Yeah, and so what he's got, you know, all he needs, all he needs is, you know, the blessing of the, the nod. The yeah, he needs the nod from, you know, the actual leader of the Nazis, and then boom, he's yeah. good to go. He's good to go, and so that was very realistic. Oh like yeah, they, they don't miss anything. They don't. It's very clear-eyed. 
yeah, I it, it's still it is the moral clarity, the right and wrong is still there. Mm-hmm. The only one who seems to still be in the dark at the end is his wife. Yes. <laughs> Which I get, you know, <laughs> that she doesn't really understand the stakes. No. And that that was, I mean, I thought, and they just indicated that clearly. So, you know, we could have another show called, you know, you you could do it again. We could follow it up if we need it. If there's some way financially for them to bring it back at some point in the future, they've left it open for that possibility. Yeah. Everybody's out there doing fine. Lonnie has an Oscar for his ridiculous movie. (laughs) But that. What was it? Shabbat seven? seven ways to Shabbat or something like that. Whatever. No, it was called Shabbat something or the seven ways to kill a Nazi or, or no, not Nazi. No, like it's well, it, something else. But yes, it was. It was very nice. But yes, the second season, to the extent that the first season was a very fantastical show, the second season kind of breaks all connection with reality. Yeah. Well, and it's just and, a just a wonderful fantasy experience. Yeah, it is wonderful. Wouldn't it be nice if? Oh yeah. Except that it doesn't leave you with a positive. Yes, Hitler went down, but what you've got is it's still out there. Yeah. And Travis and his team, his his army are still out there. Yeah. No, the Nazis and, aren't going anywhere. And I mean, in the year, let's face it, in the year 2022, when they were shooting this. It would be unethical to end it in any way other than Nazis are still out there. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have to because Ron DeSantis is the governor of a state. Yeah. Well, and you, and you call it the second generation or the third generation. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, you know, so it was, um, it, from, from those perspectives, the trial scene went very well. I was surprised at how well written the trial scene was. I was, you know, and of course, Hitler getting a Jew. Yeah, of course, to defend you him. Know? And then, and <laughs> I think the surprise that for probably most people would have that the prosecuting attorney, yeah, who was black, also a Jew, was also a Jew, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that, um, a nice move. A yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and um would have been a surprise for the audience oh totally um and so you know and then this dis- discussion that they have back and forth and and as as the defense attorney says you know you know he's going why are you putting on the stand he's going to get all this airtime and he can give his speeches and the guy says it's up to you to nail him yep not me no like, he did it he did it yeah, and watching these different people because they set it up very much like the uh, trial of Eichmann. Yeah, like exactly like it. Yeah, it was you know with him in this particular box and, mm-hmm. and, and the judges sitting there. There were more judges at Nuremberg, for example. There were nine, I think. Yep. Nuremberg. Everybody should go watch um, the Wind. What what's it called? With Spencer Tracy, the Judgment at Nuremberg. Judge of Nuremberg. Yeah. Yeah, Spencer Tra- confusingly, Spencer Tracy was also in Inherit the Wind. Inherit the Wind, yes. Which is needlessly confusing that he was in both of those. Yes, both very important trial movies. movies yeah. Yes, but um, Inherit the uh, Judgment at, at Nuremberg. Nuremberg. Oh, fantastic performance. Yeah, a fantastic performance and setting the stage actually for Hunters. Oh, absolutely. 
And but you see what I mean about Albert Speer there willing to just and his family had no problem with him just being called Albert Speer. Yeah. In a way that uh, you clearly got an objection from the estate of Leni Riefenstahl. Yeah. You know, or again, you know, because it was said in the real world, blah, 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 blah. No, it's just so weird because uh, Albert Speer was the villain of, um, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Man in the High Castle, which is not a good show. Well, uh, I watched the first season and it, I, it, it it's goes, still it's, there. Yeah. It, it goes quickly downhill after the first season. <laughs> it's still, it's still on my watch list, but I wasn't impressed yeah. all that much by it. Um, it's I, not great. Let's do the book and, and I know. Oh my God. I love that book. But, uh, yeah, the, the movie, the, sh- as I said, movie, the show's not great. But what I found interesting was there's this whole thing through the entire first season of, uh, Joe, you know, the Nazi constantly talking about his father being a powerful man in, uh, you know, the Nazi hierarchy. And we're always left to wonder who his father is. And his father finally shows up in season two or three. Doesn't matter which one it was. And it's, um, Oh God, blank in the actor's name. You know, uh, the guy from Interpol on Criminal Minds. You know, her friend from Interpol. The oh, only one oh, of her friends oh, who doesn't oh, get killed. Oh, oh, yes, who then gets Interpol. killed. No, he's the only one who doesn't get killed. No, Everybody he... from her team gets killed except for Clive, who's fine. Oh, Clive, who's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's him. Uh, okay. But anyway, the point is, it's him. And uh, what I loved about watching it is, and it's like this whole thing is they're not, you're watching, you're like, oh, they're not allowed to say that he's Albert Speer. Like, he's so obviously Albert Speer. But they're just not allowed to say that he's Albert Speer for whatever reason. Uh, and again, maybe an objection. And this is the sh- same show that says, and I think is the truest thing the show ever says, that had the Nazis took uh, taken over America, uh, the, or half of America, whatever, because uh, the premise, of course, is that the East Coast was taken over by the Nazis and the West Coast was taken over by uh, the Japanese. But the point is, had the Nazis ever gotten a foothold in America, J. Edgar Hoover would have been fine running the Gestapo, is one of the main, like, yeah. William Forsyth just plays J. Edgar Hoover as the head of the Gestapo. And you're like, yep, yeah, okay, no, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, we're not, that we're that not. feels accurate <laughs> yeah, to his no, beliefs. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, I mean, with Spear, it's always... It's a complicated situation. It's a com- it's complicated because he definitely was the architect. Yeah. He designed um, and he built all of the things. And you can kind of believe him when he said he didn't really want to do anything else and had no involvement. But... But... but you know... I mean, he's written his own book, and all it's the an interesting book, by the way. I read Albert Speer's Prison Diary. It's upstairs. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. You know, unlike everybody else, um, it, it's still a question, but it's more. I mean, it's more. I don't know if if a lot of it is true, and he didn't. It was more he didn't want to know, yeah. as opposed to. He could have known there was nothing he could do anyway, and he didn't want to know anyway. Well, the fact is, did the man know? Because he was put after, you know, whatever his name, who was in charge of munitions, right, uh, died. Towards the end of the war, he was running munitions. And can you say that he didn't? There's no way you can say he didn't know 
that they were, you know, brutally enslaving and treating people to make their guns, like, and their shells. We know they were doing that, and we can't say he wasn't involved in mass illegal slavery. We know that. Can we say for sure he knew about extermination? I don't know that we can say that. Well, yes. That as you say, how close, yeah. yeah, how close he lived to one of the extermination camps. And the answer is not very, you know? <laughs> he really yeah, did because what I would say is, I mean, because that was the big question coming out of Krautrock. Yeah. And and the, the problems with um, the filmmaker uh, mm-hmm. whose works I just, I still have out from, because I watch them periodically and I listen to him. There's a documentary and stuff with him, right? right? You know, who, who I'm talking about, Werner. Yeah. Rainier, Werner Fassbender. Yep. Werner Rainier Fassbender? No. <laughs> yes. Fassbender. Fassbender, yeah. That's Werner, his name. Rainier. It's Rainer. Yeah. It's Rainer. Well, no, Werner. Rainer, Werner Fassbender. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a name. Yes. Anyway, um, you know, I mean, those are the questions in some ways. I mean, well, Fassbender was was different, but... Yeah. But the Kraut Rock was was very interesting listening to anyway, it doesn't matter. Go watch Kraut Rock, it's on YouTube. And it's fascinating. It really yeah, is. And it, it is fascinating about the the seventies, the because they all came out of the seventies mm-hmm. and talking about how they knew nothing. Knew <laughs> nothing. Because they weren't taught anything in school, it was passed over. It's that joke in family guy, right? Yeah, of uh, it's like the history of Germany, and then yeah. skipping right over the uh, 19- World War Two. Right? Doesn't exist. <laughs> Didn't happen. Didn't happen. You know, it's like that wonderful. I, I always remember. I never knew. You know, I'd never seen it in real life, and then I'm watching this documentary about Volkswagen. Right? That's yeah. like we invented the first motorcycle in history. Right? And it's like, you know, in 1920s we did so and so. Then in the 1950s, we revolutionized diesel engines. And I'm like, kind of skipped 20 years there, folks. Yeah, yeah. Remember, this was... What exactly were you doing for that 20 years, (laughs) Volkswagen? Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. W, Mercedes. (laughs) All the stuff they have to pretend they didn't do. Yeah, and um, well, no, and I mean it's like you look at Mitsu, uh, Mitsubishi, very fun car company, made all of the zeros that were turned into kamikaze dive bombers. You know, I, I'm just going, ah, oh, dear Mitsubishi, yes, but it's the only car second to well, Mercedes, yeah, Ford, Mitsubishi. All right, <laughs> I'm not saying the Mitsubishi Lancer isn't the most comfortable car I've ever driven in. It was okay. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend it wasn't. But, but you know, yeah, I'm just saying they they got a lot of contracts from really bad people during that war, and it's not like they ever apologized for it. Uh, anyway, anyway, you well, know, we're I mean, talking there's... about we're we're, and the thing is, we are getting digressive as we do when we talk about this show because it makes us think about the aftermath of World War II. Yeah, and that's what the show does such a spectacular job of doing of showing how this stuff echoes out. One thing I found really surprising. And I guess just because of when it was set is that it tells the true story of the death of um, uh, Mengele. Yeah. That he literally just died. And it's like, it's weird that the show didn't have the characters take credit for that. 
Because yeah. <laughs> he had a quote unquote heart attack while swimming on vacation, you know, in his late sixties, early seventies, something like that. Because he was a young guy. People don't realize because that's who. I mean, to be clear, that's who the wolf was based on. He was based on Joseph yes. Mengele, right? Yeah. And the real Mengele was a young guy. He was like something like twenty five when the war started, or twenty six. Yeah. Like he Don't was in his thirties when he did all like early thirties when he did all of the worst stuff that he is known for having done. And so he like he did live until nineteen seventy nine in exile. Yep. And the one of the horrifying things is uh the whole thing where he goes back to his hometown and visits with his sister and his niece, right? That's something Mengel, the wolf, yes, when the wolf does. That's something Mengel actually did. When his, I think it, either his dad or his mother, right, whoever, uh, whichever one of them died. It must have been the, it, well, in this case, it's the mother, so it probably was the mother. In, yeah, in real life. You're, you're probably, I don't remember which part of the story, that part of the story, but the point is, he actually did go home to Germany for the funeral. And like everybody in the town, knew that famous war criminal Joseph Mengele was there and he stayed at the Catholic church and he went to the funeral and then he flew back to Argentina. Don't, don't, don't get us started. I know. I'm just saying, it's like, (laughs) I'm just saying like this show, if anything, you know, disguises how easy it was for Nazis to get around. Um, yeah, well, you know, you can only do so much, and they might have done it a little differently had they had more time. More time, yeah. Okay, they couldn't do the story. <laughs> they couldn't they, do all. You know, there are stories they right. couldn't. They they couldn't do. They had to fit in, and plus, they had to have. They had to have one that I'm so glad that somehow or another that didn't ever get cut, what? or whatever the story of Zeb. Yes. In that, that little house, right? The fairy tale sequence. You can just the call it the fairy tale. tale. Yeah, we know the it's the fairy, fairy tale. tale, right? Yeah. The story of the ghost. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The ghost oh, in the so house. So beautiful. It was, it was wonderful. And Father's how he became. Home. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's home. Oh my <laughs> you know? God. It was just a. It was perfect. It was a yeah. perfect little story. Yep. It was so well done. It was and what so... they did was, is that the one, you know, is that having Zeb say, yes, but the one thing you taught us is how to hide, <laughs> how to become ghosts. Yep. Yeah. And it is. So um, perfect. Yeah. It was such a perfect thing that he said to Hitler, you know, Hitler, well, don't put me down there. And they dumped him in the whole <laughs> boat and dumped fish on him. Right. Yep. And then, then they have to jump about two or three years of to course. find, you know, and yeah, then they get then to the get trial of Hitler. And I think that, um, you know, it, yeah, it was, um, well, what I really liked about that, right? When I'm watching that scene, it, that whole thing with the, um, with the, the trap house, like the house full of traps made by the famous architect, right? To, to hide his Jews. Yeah. yeah. And how, like, this guy was living with, living with all of this regret and the family all right and they they got their family and the jews they protected it's it's so sweet mm-hmm. and it's so like we didn't see a ton of like they managed to even in this beautiful fairy tale sequence never let you forget you know the casual awfulness and brutality of these nazis yeah 
Like the, the casual inhumanity, the fact that they are taught to make human life mean nothing to them. Yeah. And, and I mean, the very fact that they did this to, to, to Jews, you know, and took over their houses, yeah. took over their businesses. Well, and that's why it's not accidental that that's the first thing that happens in the season when we're talking yeah. about the whole Germany creating its new history with the guy who gets his eyes gouged out when he yeah. gets murdered, uh, is that you look at him, he has created an entire backstory, right? That yeah. erases the Jews. They killed all the Jews in this town and then they erased them from the story of the town. Well, yeah. now this has always been my family's candy shop. Yeah. Right? It's, it's been in the family forever. Like, no, you murdered the Jews and you took all over their stuff and now you have written them out of their own story. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, a beautiful is, sequence. Yeah. That it, that opening sequence, oh, so good. God, oh, jeez, you know. No. And then I you get the deeply silly uh, sound of music sequence. Oh, that that was I, I <laughs> again. That's what I'm like. Oh, so they've just completely departed from reality this year <laughs> when they do the sound of music sequence. Oh, that was that was a that was a riot. I mean, oh. I just got oh, so you don't like the Von Trapp family, huh? Yeah. <laughs> It was so cute. Oh, no, my turning God. Them into Julie Andrews, right? Yeah, turning her into Julie Andrews. And was Christopher such a nice Plummer, touch. of all things. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it was. Um, it's good. I mean, yeah, it's. I know. And, but the season is full of those uh, moments like that. Yeah. Right? These, these, these cheeky, fun little things. Well, and just making, making its commentary in a very interesting way. Oh, totally. I don't, I haven't seen anybody else sort of do that. No. Uh, I, I, this is unique. Yeah, there's really nothing like it. No, and it is definitely, as they would say, worth everybody watching. Um, I mean, it's the, I know it's a cliche to say it, but it's the willingness to go there and the willing to just, willingness to just say these things. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, the the willingness to just, like, no, we're just going to say these things. We're just going to be like, yeah, uh, it's fine if you kill all Nazis. You know, <laughs> we're not going to pretend that these are people who deserve to have their, right, to have their humanity considered when their entire point was erasing the humanity of everyone else. We don't have to be the good guys all the time, <laughs> Yeah, well, is the message I, I, of the show. Yes. And maybe somebody in that show also played that game. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. You know, maybe. there are things that set you off. Yeah. Right? Just like, um, I mean, the, the upshot of, of my watching the first season of Hunters is that, okay, no, I have to do this book whether I want to or not. And I guess I want to. But People I, have to be willing to say the hard things. Have, I mean, you know, it's funny, you know, that you, you can say in bits and pieces without saying the whole thing, right? Yeah. Without ever really saying what has to be said. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at, I looked at that one and I just went, yeah. I mean, it, that first one with all of the black and whites uh, and then this one with all its flashbacks. 
yeah. covering, you know, taking care of all of those things and to find out that, you know, we suspected because like, as I said, I mean, it was, he was going to have to kill Ruth. Yeah. Meyer was going to have to kill Ruth mm-hmm. because she was onto him. I didn't know how he thought he could ever get away with it uh, with Ruth because he was pretending to be the oh, love yeah. of her life. Exactly. And well, he didn't think he could get away with it for that long. And eventually he kills her. And let's face it. You look at the whole first show. He he knew. And I mean, again, we're talking about humanizing a Nazi here because he was Mengele. Because, you know, he was much more human a figure than Mengele actually was. There is no reason for him to involve Jonah in any... When you know what he is, you realize that there's no reason for this character to involve Jonah unless he wants to get caught and killed. He didn't have to involve Jonah. Yeah. No, he didn't have at all. There's no reason for him. Nobody wants him to involve Jonah in that first season. He's the only one who pushes to have Jonah involved. And when you get to the end of the season, you realize that he needs someone to do vengeance on him. Yeah, no, he, he somehow or another, he feels bad. No, Mengele never felt bad. No, Mengele never felt bad for a second. Mengele was not a, was not a human in the way we think of that word. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, they always say, maybe that's why, maybe that's why they stuck. The, yeah. the death of Mengele in that, because it's only a small sequence. It is. In the, well, in the entire second well, season. What's important to remember about Mengele, right, is that uh, it was the job of, like, the doctors at Auschwitz to go up and assess everybody coming off the trains and who was healthy enough to work and who went straight through the oven to the ovens. And famously, this was not a good job because day to day you are assessing, you know, thousands of people whether they die that day or not that weighs on you and a bunch of the doctors who worked at auschwitz were just drunk all the time because it was a rough thing to do and dr mengele was of all of the doctors who worked at auschwitz he wasn't the head doctor he was like second in command and he did this duty just like all the other doctors at auschwitz he is the only one of them who notably had no trouble doing this job Because before the war, his job had been, and this is true, going from, like, essentially using his medical expertise to say who was a Jew and who wasn't a Jew. Because people would apply for jobs and apply for marriage licenses, and it's like, oh, yeah, but your grandfather was Jewish. And so it was his job to look at people's faces and use, you know, phrenology to decide who was too Jewish to exist in society. So it's like, before the war ever happened, this man was already a monster. Yeah. Right? And so it's just important to remember that. And yeah, because I watched Hunters, I recently just watched like an eight-hour documentary about Auschwitz. (laughs) Should I have? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) But I did. Uh, Would would you like to learn the single most interesting thing I uh, I heard in it? Okay that I think everybody is going to find very funny. So do you know what the best job to have at Auschwitz was? What? Uh, Being the person who, uh, being the group of slaves, I'm not going to pretend they weren't slaves, who sorted the luggage from all the people who were getting murdered. Because you see, it was a work camp. 
And the people at that work camp didn't really know that it was also a death camp because they were told that people were being shipped elsewhere. They were told that people were being shipped, people they were separate from were shipped to other camps. Like if the people knowing they're there to work were being told that, you know, 10, 15,000 people were being murdered every day, it might've affected their ability to work quite understandably. Uh, But so they weren't told, but the thing is, if you were there, sorting out all of the luggage you knew if you were there creating these giant piles of a million shoes you knew yeah and so they had to be segregated from everybody else and it wasn't hard work it was just you know you had to live with the knowledge that everybody coming in was getting killed and the craziest part was like there were rumors in the camp that the best place to work was there that it was the easiest work And then, of course, they would get there and be horrified by what they found out when they went to work there. And then they could never leave working there. But do you know what they called it in the camp? That part of the camp? They called it Canada. (laughs) Among the Jews, they called it Canada because everyone wanted to get out of Europe. And the only place that was thought of as a safe place to run to was Canada. Yes, and then even our prime minister... (laughs) Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we can talk about the anti-Semitism of our wartime prime minister if you want to have that conversation. No, but it's right just, now. it was the, yeah, interesting. the, the yeah. rampant anti, and I mean, again, Canada has nothing to be proud of in the, you know, in the situation with fleeing Jews in World War II. Like, we have nothing to be proud of, but the fact is, the rampant anti-Semitism of America was a well-known fact to European Jews, you know, at that time. But it, they did not think that way of Canada. Well, so yeah. it's like all of them had this fantasy of running away to Canada. Isn't that, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, you know, I just thought I, you would find that interesting. Well, yeah, and that would be the same thing as moving, going to the Netherlands. Yeah. Right? The Netherlands and Canada, Netherlands had this kind of reputation. Didn't mean they didn't have anti-Semites in the Netherlands as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've talked, I've talked a little bit about that the last time when yeah. I was talking about, I'm, I'm much less emotional now because there's, this is much more of a fantasy. Yes. Uh, world. Again, yeah. Hitler goes to jail for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. He dies as prisoner number whatever in the yeah. show, The Hunters, which is exactly what he deserved. Yeah. Spoiler Don't alert. We're against the death penalty, even for Hitler. despite the fact that we're going okay you do this no judgment (laughs) yeah we're fine with killing nazis but in a just world they would all be jailed forever yes you know with no chance of ever having left and no real contact with the outside world and no setting up uh no setting up an aryan nation (laughs) well yes that's the jail system (sighs) i mean all you have to do is go back and watch um oz yeah oz which, as I said, it's never it 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 was too upsetting the first time for me mm-hmm. to ever go back and watch it. I've never had that temptation to say, "Well, was it really as good?" Oh yeah, it was. It was a good I, show, but oof. I can't I can't watch it a second time. I just can't. Nope, I get it. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Um, but what happened was, uh, yeah. So this, I mean, this was a salutary end. If they had to only do it in two seasons. They did, uh, they did it really well. And they really did show Jonah had not stopped. No. 
and and you he see, can't ever stop. And it's then, the hunt. I guess it's Joe right riding his motorcycle. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, when you when you get Joe's backstory, because we got a little bit of it in the first yeah. season, but when we get yeah. Joe's story of like why he was the one who was the most devoted to Meyer, mm-hmm. because he had you know. Because he had nothing, oh, he was, didn't. Ha- oh my God! He had nothing left, and and he was in, and of course he was at five years of age in in the American detention camps of Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Canada had them too in the yep. Oh God, it was uh, disgusting. David Suzuki, David Suzuki was raised in one. Yep. And, yeah, because uh, that's what I was talking about in the first season. Because I had forgotten they don't tell that stuff about Joe until season two, where it's like you can understand his feeling kinship with uh with the jewish survivors of world war ii because he grew up in a concentration camp too wasn't a death camp and there wasn't you know pogroms against the japanese but it was still horrible still remember that essay you wrote for your canadian history course yeah that your that your tutor gave you this terrible mark on right i don't know if you remember it no which one Okay, you were at when you were at McGill, right? Yeah. And you you were taking a Canadian history course, and yeah. you wrote this essay, and he gave you I don't know like a D, and so I said okay, send it here, and so I read it. Ralph read it. Yeah. I was I was tougher on you. I said a B plus. Ralph said, and oh, no, it's an A essay. It's a it's only like a second year course or something, and um. So, uh, and I said, yeah, you've got to go and talk to your, the, the professor who's in charge of the course and give it to him. Right. But that's because you called, you called not the Japanese internment camps, but you called the work camps that they set up yep. in, in the West. You called them concentration, concentration camps. camps. Yeah. I remember this. They put all those hobos and everything else, all these mm-hmm. single men into these work camps and yep. you just called them concentration camps. And he was not happy, and he made all With that terminology, all that. However, however, you will know note that I am not the only one ahead of ahead of my time. You were <laughs> ahead of your time because you can see those things now being called. Oh yeah, you, you I can, thought it was despicable read, at the time. Yes, and now you you can read sort of academic articles using terminology like that, and I'm just going. I don't oh, think yeah. we should shy away from it. Well, yes, I know, but most people want to want to believe everything was good, and it was, you know, I mean, yeah. now they talk about what happened to the Italians. Oh, too, God. a lot of the Italians got sent into these concentration camps, and the Germans, and the Germans, you know, oh, yeah. or yep. uh, Canada or in the uh, in the U.S. It was disgusting. Well, yeah, Germans. What they did when they captured Germans, they sent them to Canada. Oh yeah, there were prisoner of war camps throughout Canada. In in Canada, and then they just stayed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, why would you go back to Germany when you could live in Canada? Come on, yeah. I can't blame them. No. <laughs> oh no, it's crazy, and that's why we had a bunch of war criminals hiding here, which we weren't exactly psyched about. Yeah, well, and that's why we ended up with some of this. Well, but we have different laws than the United States has where speech is concerned. Zindal, what's his face out? Ernst Zundel. Yes, Ernst Zundel. Just couldn't come into the country. It was great. The teacher, the teacher who was in um, 
in Alberta and then, you know, and they finally fired him for yep. saying Holocaust hadn't happened. And then they took a whole bunch of the students who'd been in his classes mm-hmm. uh, on World War, like dealing with that history. They took them to the concentration camps in Europe. Yep. Visit, you know. Canada handles these things slightly differently than... I'd say more maturely than America does with America's strange obsession with this myth of uh, free speech absolutism. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're gay. Unless you want to be. <laughs> no, it's like it's like absolute free speech unless you say anything a conservative person disagrees with. In yeah. which case, you should be jailed for saying that. Oh, so you guys don't even believe the things you scream about. No, they don't believe it at all. It's just a way to trick people into letting them get away with being evil. That's all it ever was. Well, yeah. Well, hey, you know, you know who else campaigned for free speech and complained about being canceled? Hitler. I'm not lying. You can actually get posters of like Hitler with his mouth taped shut. People saying that like, they were silencing him just because he spoke to the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yes, you can go back. What they're going through, and that, that's why those who sound the alarm in the United States, yeah, you know, and, and are being have been poo pooed for I don't know how long, are now finally going. Oh wait. Oh well, maybe they were right. Maybe we maybe, should have been paying more attention. Maybe there is Nazi stuff going on in America right now. Yeah, maybe we should have been paying attention over the last 30, 40, <laughs> 50 years. <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyway. Um, yeah. That's, well, no, that's but I mean, and that's you... why I find hunters so fascinating because yes. it's like it it's takes this on show. all of this. It does. It really does. It takes on America, and I mean. Oh, the first season is all about America being, you know, fine with fascism. Yeah. Well, and there was. I mean, you had that that show, State of the Union. Yeah. Um, that was done at the end of the war or whatever, just mm-hmm. with um Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Yep. Mind you, it's a little too American, but I mean, it it has the rah rah. Of course, they always, they can't stop themselves from doing that nonsense. You know, but, you know, and looking at, um, there's all sorts of things, right? That, you know, because there was massive support. We all know they are starting to, to talk about this with, with Disney. Although that was, that was, this came up in my class and somebody, no, and this was in our history club and then somebody's, oh, and I said, they were talking about Ford, like, yeah. Right, and a few of the others, and, and I said, "Yeah, and Walt Disney." Yeah. You know? Well, what do you, you know? Um, uh, well, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, he wasn't it. He's am I? Um, yeah, he was worse than that, guys. <laughs> he was a lot worse than that. <laughs> he was a lot worse than that. What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, "Well, don't go watch L.A. Confidential. Go read, <laughs> go the, read book. the book." And Read then the start book, doing Alec. your historical research and find out the book wasn't really it wasn't wrong. uh it wasn't really wrong about any of the stuff it said. Did he have an ill did Walt Disney have an illegitimate son who was a serial killer? Probably not. Was yeah. he a monster? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh Tom Hanks just playing a monster in a movie. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes good movie. Have- not saying it's not a good movie. 
really liked that movie about the making of Mary Poppins, but he was a real bad guy. Yes, but like all real bad guys, they had they know how to put on a good front. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and again, they and he was in the media, so so he could get away with it. And he made it's... all these wonderful movies for children. Although I'm going Bambi. Oof. Yeah, and I mean honestly, when I, when I think about Bambi, I go, well, you know, that yeah. was that was horrible. That was that was what you know the death of. Um, Optimus Prime was for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For my generation, it was Bambi. For your generation, it was the death of Optimus Prime. For my generation, it was the death of Bambi. It is interesting how, like, a single (laughs) moment in a film can destroy hunting culture in a country. Yeah. And it really did. Because now hunting is thought to be a relatively niche thing by the American monoculture. Yeah. And it was, and it's like hunting was thought of as completely normal. Right up until Bambi happened. And it's like, oh, you went, you humanized those deer. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You've ruined then, hunting culture forever. Yeah, and then he tried to backtrack with old Yeller. But <laughs> it didn't work. Nope. Oh, America. I, as I say, that that probably made a lot of vegans. Oh, God, yeah. 100%. <laughs> no question. No, like, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Like the the push towards vegetarianism, veganism, being against hunting, like it all started there. Like in America, again, the world has its own reasons and its own things it does. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Um, sorry, I know completely off topic, but uh, I just thought it was the funniest thing. You remember the uh, shockingly racist? Um, sequence from uh indiana jones and the temple of doom where they have the disgusting food like and it's just meant to grow us at the audience and seem kind of racist apparently originally right after that he and uh uh the there was supposed to be a mild critic well mild a criticism of the uh the the british guy because they were so supposed to walk out of there and the british guy was supposed to say india to indiana jones uh, that was pretty, dis- you know, disgusting. Like, what kind of uh, people are these that have meals like this? And it's uh, and Indiana Jones would say, well, they're not Hindu. <laughs> and that's the weird part, because what the hell kind of a Hindu is serving meat? Yeah. And it's like, oh, right. That was kind of a big deal that the movie just glosses over. Well, no, it was in there. They just cut it for time. That it's like, that's one of the things that makes him so unbelievably suspicious about what's going on at Pancot Palace is they're serving meat to guests. Yeah. Like, what the hell kind of a place is this? So it's like, yeah, um, he was not uh, Indiana Jones. Comes off as a little culturally illiterate in the movie. But no, that that was all in there. Yeah, it was all, okay, good. Originally in there. I thought that was kind of nice. Yes. Yeah. But no, um, the thing that I find most interesting uh right as i'm watching hunter season two is it's this beautiful fantasy and it's rough to watch like it really is oh with the children and (sighs) oh and that couple who you you just can't figure out that couple in the beginning right i know i mean he i mean and i that has to be the influence of of jordan peele to set up these very scary horrifying with with scenes within that context like when the when the wife like the little old lady yeah cutting up the 
the ducks kind of off the heads of the ducks oh. and the rest of it, and you're going, where is this going? Yeah, and it's like it's all structured exactly like a horror film. Oh yeah, and you so know, so beautifully and done, and you're that. made to feel so uncomfortable and so on edge oh, the whole sequence. And the game, and the game they're playing, playing mouse. Well, they're playing mousetrap. Yeah, they're playing mousetrap, right? Yeah. You know, with, you know, but with the slicing down and the, know. You know, and the, everything. And it's just because you don't know. You don't have the slightest idea where this is going. And that is why that is such an unbelievably impressive sequence. Oh, yeah. Because as you watch it, I have no idea where this is going. I mean, it is a standout episode. And you're like, are they really taking a week off before dealing with Hitler? No. Nope. <laughs> to just do this other Not thing? Not really. No, uh, they're not, because it was all vitally important. Yeah. Like, it was vitally important to show that it's like, you know, to let us see that, no, like, everybody, uh, there was, uh, no matter where you looked, there were always people trying. Yes. You know, there were always people trying, even in the worst parts of German history. There were people who saw what the Nazis were, and there were people who were trying. And you have to respect that. Yeah. And it was a nice message to put in there that resistance is always worth doing. Yes, even if you die. Even if you die, resistance is always because worth doing. Zeb survived. He did. He became yes. the ghost. He became the yeah. guy who was the best at hunting Nazis and disappearing. Yep, he became the ghost. And oh my god, it, yeah, I and mean, it's such a beautiful sequence, like from beginning to end, so gorgeously filmed, so beautifully written, so well acted. And oh my god, just the Nazi after Nazi who keeps showing up. Because, yes. you know, their paperwork says that this is the last place they checked. And, you know, like, obviously okay. these people didn't kill them. <laughs> right? They dismiss it. But, you know, I'd like to steal their house because I'm a Nazi and I get to do whatever I want. Jesus, this house would be really nice for my, uh, for yeah, my, for my wife. My wife would love this house. Jesus. But that's how they acted. That's 100% how they acted. They just took what they wanted to because they were connected. They were the SS. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't know what else. It's really funny. This, it, as I said, it doesn't. Well, no, I think we spent our emotional energy in season one. <laughs> we did. This one is just satisfying to watch. Uh, yes. We get two more scenes of uh, Judd Hirsch. As Simon Wiesenthal, yeah. which again, always nice to see Judge Hirsch, no matter how inaccurate their portrayal of Simon Wiesenthal is. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, we get a lot more killing Nazis and we get, again, the insight it gives you into Meyer, the wolf. Yeah. Like it's, it's worth doing. It is worth yeah. coming back to him for a whole second season of flashbacks. Yep. No, no, that it, it is the only thing that would. Like uh, the whole two seasons, the nineteen episodes, yeah, it's context. Like it does. This is a whole, and you have to know that he was still, no matter all of the good things that he tried to do, yeah, to, as he says, pay penance. He still, he still. He, I mean, the, the weird part is, the way you look at it is, he accidentally became a hero by trying to save his own skin. Yes. And it was only, he, the only thing he ever did that he felt was unforgivable was killing Ruth. Yes. It's the only time in his entire life he did something he felt bad about. 
truly bad about. Because as you're watching, you're like, okay, no. I mean, because he what he says to Jonah is he lived as a Jew and he wanted the hunt to, you know, get revenge and get justice. And he found, uh, you know, he found himself in the hunt. And it's like, none of that is really true. You did it all because you had to make sure you got killed and you thought the best way and you figured out that the best way to make sure that no one ever suspected you were a Nazi was to become the world's foremost Nazi hunter. Right. And it's like you, it all makes perfect sense for his character. And then he, Ruth showed up. Right. Then forced him to actually make the hunt real. And then he had to kill Ruth because he had to preserve himself. And because he thought, I assumed he could just keep going on after killing Ruth, but he couldn't. And then he brings Jonah in to kill him. Because it's the first time in his life he's felt guilty about something. I mean, that's my reading of that ending. Well, and well, yes. And I think it's because. Okay, there there are two issues there, and it was because he had always been obsessed with Ruth. Yeah, exactly. And he hated Meyer. Mm-hmm. Right? But at the same time, he was smart enough to know that he could never contact Ruth again because she would figure it out. Immediately. Immediately, right? Now, mm-hmm. because... And they were older, much, much older. Yeah. And then she, when she shows up at his door, what is he going to do? Yeah. He does know this will be the end eventually. But he can cover it up for a while. Mm-hmm. It's only when their conversation invariably turns to their past yeah. and he doesn't know any of this stuff yeah. that he realizes he's going to get caught. Yes. And Ruth was going to tell. Oh, yeah. and, she but, was going to yeah, tell everyone. She was going to tell everyone. She'd already phoned and said, well, we have to have breakfast in the morning. There's some stuff I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. He has her killed uh, before Coincidentally, that. the same night. Yeah, and Jonah, and but then he has to train Jonah to somehow or another replace him in Ruth. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird, but it's the only way he can see himself getting any, getting rid of any sort of. Well, I mean, he does, you can argue that he does it for Ruth. Yes, probably more. Yeah, I mean, he still has to, because he was obsessed with Ruth. He was, absolutely. Like, that's at the core of his character, is this obsession he had with Ruth. Yeah, is what made him do all those specifically horrible things. Jesus. Oh, God, what a nightmare. And if only, if Jonah, and the thing is, is it would have gone on longer and longer and longer. If Jonah hadn't read yeah. Ruth's letters, yep. How Meyer, you mm-hmm. know, said he, you know, he had these nightmares, and he was, and he would, and what he would do if he ever got a chance to kill the wolf. But he would always say, "Cat, no, not the, only this, but he was killing all these other Nazis, and oh in, yeah, in his nightmares, and then, but he would always say Kadesh. Yeah, he would have Kadesh to before he killed them, mm-hmm. and." Uh, when Meyer didn't, when he, he knew right him, away, he knew right away. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it the was... first season, but I just think I, it's such a powerful scene, right yeah. at the end of the first season. Yeah, and it becomes more powerful when you see Meyer's, you yeah. know, 
two years leading up to that moment. Yeah. You can watch, you can go back and watch the second, the first season again. And, it, and you re, oh, and it's, it's more powerful since yeah. you knew all of this and you realize that, yeah, he brought, there's no way to read it other than he brought Jonah in to kill him. To kill him and replace him in Ruth. Yeah. Because he was the only one who could. Yeah. And eventually Jonah does. Yeah. He does the right thing. Uh, you could say, <laughs> oh, was it the right thing? And you imagine that his, uh, and the thing is, you have the, the fantasy of Ruth telling him not to do it and don't give in because that's what he wants. And it is what he wants. He wanted, he wanted to be killed by Jonah. And that's why he set all of this up. But the fact is, her protecting him from this is, and we talked about a little bit about this week, is, you know, blinkering him from how the world really was. Well, yes, we talked about that last week. And I think that, like, the ending, season two really engages with that in a way that I find very interesting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the implication is that Meyer left all of his money to Jonah. Yes. <laughs> like, that's pretty clear actually no that's it's not even an implication like yeah. you first wonder how's jonah doing this and then at one point somebody says yeah you're using his blood money all of his blood money and like, yeah, just, to kill nazis yeah well that was but that was what obviously the wolf wanted yeah it or is. he wouldn't have left everything to jonah yeah like 100 percent, he became you know hugely wealthy and he wanted to all of the money to going to kill nazis yeah it's so. it's an like the show is like obviously we love we love seeing hitler on trial you know we yeah. love that it, we get that ending that history didn't get we get that the episode is literally just the last episode is literally just called the trial of adolf hitler yeah because it's it's what we were robbed of in yeah. history we were robbed of hitler being put on trial yeah right and getting what was coming to him and it's sad and uh I talk, uh, you know, I always talk about how, yeah, I truly believe that Hitler died in Argentina in the 70s. I do. And maybe it's because I am, you know, constitutionally unable to believe that the world, you know, is fair. <laughs> maybe that's why I think that. Who knows? Well, some of uh, us have good reasons for thinking that. <laughs> the world might not be fair, actually. Oh, read my blog post today. It's a good blog post. I can't. I'm sure because you know I know what it's about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, what I'm getting at though is that it's like you watch this show and it is it's such a powerful fantasy. Yes, the fantasy, and it's what the whole show is trucked in from beginning to end is this idea of justice, of true justice, of people you know uh, suffering for their, for their sins. Exactly. People actually paying for their sins in a way that so rarely gets to happen in the real world. And that's what the whole show is about. And I mean, I'm, I'm, sh here's my question. Mm -hmm. Like if there hadn't been COVID, right? If there hadn't been COVID screwing up their production plans for season two, would it have gotten its run of four seasons? Oh. Or three seasons or whatever they tried to do? Or... Did they just, cause it's like there was enough money to come back and give them the ending. Cause if, if the first season was a complete disaster, right? Uh, then why would they have made a season two is my point. Yeah. So it's like, 
if we hadn't had COVID, would we have gotten all four seasons of this? And would we have gotten the full arc for all of these characters? I mean, I hope so. I'd be very interested to see it. I mean, again, while I don't want Shalom motherfuckers to be a real book, if the guy who created this show (laughs) wanted to do this as a series of novels, you know, explaining how the arc was supposed to go, I'm not going to say I wouldn't read it. You know? Yeah. Um, But (laughs) one thing that we haven't really talked about very much is, and the thing is, and this is the arc that I would have been most interested in seeing because, you know, I only touched it at the beginning of what we were talking about. Because, like, you know how Jonah ended up where he ended up. He killed Meyer. And the minute he killed Meyer and said that he was the head of the hunt, right? Like, it, yeah. it was, it was, he was always headed on the road he goes down. Yeah. And so I would have been interested to see him meeting this lady. Like, and, like, seeing how, that he could develop a relationship while he still did this hunt and having these two halves of his lives and, you know, the superhero secret identity stuff. I would have loved to see all of that, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing that we talked about in last season is that Millie is there to be the voice of the people who believe that the system can work and how naive she is, right? And that, like I said, the uh, she is the only character I really feel has done a disservice to because they have to rush through. Yes, well, and that Her is, arc. and they had to replace Millie, yeah, with someone else, yeah, like the so fact they replaced that, her with Grace, yeah, and it's like, I I love that she right, I, I wanted her arc, I wanted the arc of her Millie trying does. to do it the right way, right? Yeah, because what we are missing are the two years of investigating this this priest. Yes, exactly. Archbishop from Lithuania. And, exactly. and, and, and her gradually coming to an to understanding of just how evil this man actually was. Mm-hmm. And then, and then of course, it makes sense that she would in the end kill him. Yeah. Even though she believed in the justice system. And then at this point, it failed. And I mean, the man giving her the wink at the table, right? Um, and I think that, um, yeah. You see why I that's the arc I am it. most disappointed. You see why yeah. that is the arc I'm most disappointed sure. by missing, right? Because you, you need, yes, of course, but I, they still didn't. Yeah. No, I see why it's the arc you're, you're missing, but they didn't do wrong by Millie. No, no, they didn't. No, it just, it, again, was one of those things that had to be, you know... They had, had to, to turbocharge it. They have to speed through it to get to where yeah, they want to get everything. to. So we know it's two years later. I mean, that was why they kept doing the time jumps all the time. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so it, it, it worked. It is not as satisfying, but it would... I, See, I don't know. I haven't looked at what the response to season one was or the response to season two. We might have to look into that a little. We might. We Yeah. In what time? See what people thought of it. What I know, right? We're it, very busy. What ratings were like. Yeah. Um, well, no, but the problem is you can't find out what its rating is like because it was only on, you know, uh, it was only on Prime and they don't release that information. Yeah. As no. a way of screwing over writers. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, and and um so it all depends 
I mean, they did get that second season and it had to be an extraordinarily expensive. Oh, this wasn't, I mean, this was not a cheap season of television. Oh my yes, God. I mean, that scene, that, that, you know, that, that fairy tale. <laughs> they built this entire house on some soundstage somewhere. They built this giant house that they could do cutaway walls from. This was not a cheap show to make. Oh no, this show was, so it all depended on how ultimately how willing Jeff Bezos was to, was to keep paying for it. Yeah. To keep paying for it. I mean, it I think is, that's it. Yeah. And it is um, Jeff Bezos. I, I mean, not Jeff Bezos. I'm going Jordan Peele. It, 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 he's extraordinary. He is. You've got to see Nope. You've got to see Nope. It's delightful. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I know. That's what I'm, that's why I said, was, that's why instead of saying, wasn't Nope great, I said, you've got to see Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, and, and so, and you take that and add it to this particular story. Mm hmm. Because there are, you know, I mean, you can look at this. This is this particular story. Yeah. But, this is the trials and tribulations of the world of the last. Mm -hmm. How many years have we thousands, put up with this? Thousands. Yeah. Well, then that's the thing. It's like uh, we we can trace this specific kind of anti-Semitism back to the Jewish wars of the Roman Empire. Well, you know? Christianity, the rise of Christianity. Well, but I mean, even before that. You know, the I mean, it wasn't even it, 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 the Romans creating the diasporas where you can like create the very start of it. Well, yeah, but but they would do that. OK, here's here's they did that to everybody. Point. Wait, <laughs> see, here's the point when I talk about the Romans. Yeah. OK. You know what happened was the first Jewish war. The big mm -hmm. war, right? But they were always rebelling a little bit. You of know, course. there was the six and there were the, you know, as we talked, the minus the six BCE stuff. So, you know, you mm -hmm. get all of this stuff together. And yes, but the Romans, well, the Romans didn't think that anybody but was necessarily um, as good as the Romans were. Of course. Not even the Greeks that people will try and say, yeah, but they stole everything from all sorts of other people. Well, yeah, of course they did, but that yeah. that was heart and part and parcel. That's I, what being a colonialist empire is. Yes, you know, and I'm going. Yes, but they did have this business of non-rebellion, and the problem was is you had governors who sometimes were a little pissed off with with mm -hmm. while they didn't have to go into the army because they had the Sabbath. They had their, they had yep. this distinct system, religious. Well, no, they refused to be, um, what do you call it? Homogenized and turned into just other yeah, Roman but that citizens. was a problem. That was more of a problem under Hellenization than it was from the Romans. That's I, true. And I, I mean, I, this is a different, a whole different argue, argument that I make. It is, if it wasn't for Christianity, this never would, would have happened. become a problem. And that's yeah. all there is to it. You're right. I'm not saying you're not responsible. right. Rome, no, uh, they did it. All you have to do is read the Gospel of Matthew. 
All you have to do is read all this other stuff. Let's go into, oh, I, I mean, I'm not even going to get started on it. <laughs> but without, without Christianity, we have no anti-Semitism in the, that's in the sense that we, we know it and understand it today. It has its clear roots, not in the Roman Empire, in Christianity. And mm -hmm. Christianity is fighting, in, initially is fighting for converts. Yeah. This is the problem. It's fighting for converts. Mm -hmm. And there are people who become Christians and then decide that they're going to be Jews because, of course, the Jews was the earliest form of it and is probably the truest form of it, as opposed to, you know, and so then you would have these these bishops and ministers and stuff giving these horrible sermons and writing these horrible stuff all before Constantine. Yeah. This is this battle is is basically a turf war between two sects. Yeah, two two groups of Jews to a yeah. large extent. It's basically mm -hmm. a massive turf war. They're already calling themselves Christians in the by the in the in the second century. There's no question. Martyrdom oh, yeah. has already started because there are things they won't do, like the emperor give sacrifice at the cult of the em emperor, and it all depends yeah. on who the emperor was, whether they wanted to enforce it or not. And it, 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 there's a whole bunch of yes, the Roman emperors at times had some problems Domitian did and stuff like that but and Hadrian and things and so then the Jews would rebel no we're going to circumcise stop this you know, <laughs> whether you like it or not and we're going to rebel if you make us do these things um so yes there was already tension the tension though that gets dragged fully because into into the Christianity ultimately is the winner yeah. And the Jews, you can look on them as, but this is the group that always says, maybe we don't have it right. Yeah. It's like this little bit of conscience. Mm -hmm. Take it and you kill it and you kill it and you kill it and you blame it for everything. And they become the massive scapegoats during the medieval period. I mean, the Crusades, my good. God, I mean, they managed to switch over a little bit to the, but just think about uh, to the to the Muslims. But all you have to do is look at the Children's Crusade, where what yeah. the, you know the first let's look at the first Crusade where you know the Germans decided okay they were going to go and they just slaughtered, they mm -hmm. they burned down synagogues, they took the holy books, they robbed, they killed Jews on their way. To kill Muslims. Yeah, yeah, because they were in the way, before. and they were against all heretics. Well, Maybe. yeah, they didn't even call Jews heretics. Jews killed no. Christ, remember? Yeah, they were criminals, all of them. Yes, they were all, and um, yeah, and they denied the divinity of Christ. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, right? they deserved no sympathy. It was the belief. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the First Crusade was just god awful. I mean, mm -hmm. But it wasn't just, I mean, the Jews were made to wear the stars already. I mean, this is, this is all Roman Catholicism. And yep. then, but, but the Muslims also had to wear, what the hell did they wear? They wore a different colors that <laughs> had to be worn on the outside of their clothes and they wore different hats. 
Jews yeah. had to wear certain types of hats. Muslims had to wear. So you could always tell which was which. Yeah. I mean, but they were both, you know, um, heretics, if you want to use that term. But, you know, um, and they were not welcome. Except That's as true. traitors. Except as, as, as people who got to do the things that Christians weren't allowed to do, like lend money. Like, well, I think that is the cornerstone of it. It's like interest. their faith, their for faith, uh, you put in Christianity and it's like, Jesus was really clearly against capitalism, could not have been harder core against capitalism. He did not like capitalism. Uh, Jesus was very much against it. And the greatest way to stop capitalism is make it illegal to lend money at interest. And that way you can't have people accruing capital and using that money to make money. If you want to make money, you have to do something. You can't just sit on money and let it make money. There was no such prohibition in the Jewish faith. And so, you know, people, spoiler alert, wanted to make money. So they had to borrow money to do things. And the only reason to borrow, lend money is if you're going to do interest. So Jews became bankers. Mm. What can you say? You know, and th then we end up with Shylock. Well, yeah. uh, give me a break. You know, I know. Uh, yes. I, I can still remember, like, I was, have always been, um, Upset that, yes, it is a highly anti-Semitic, the way it treats Shylock. It's, uh, and, it is. And I'll stress that that's not the point. But the point is, is that was indicative of the 17th century. Yeah. What are you going to, what are you going to. Here's what I'm going to say though about, about Merchant of Venice. Okay. Is Shylock a villain? About Shakespeare. Yeah, we're talking about Shakespeare. Yeah, is Sherlock is, Sher is Shylock a villain? Shylock. Yes. Is he a monster? Yes. But Edmund in King Lear doesn't get a speech like that. No. Iago, right? Yeah. <laughs> Iago in Othello doesn't get a speech like that. Nope. You know? Uh, neither Macbeth nor his wife gets a speech like that. No. So as anti-Semitic as a caricature as he is... He gets the speech. <laughs> yeah. That I'm only, that I am fundamentally no different from you, and I'm only a monster because you made me one. Yep. Nobody else, like, is that the subtext of what's going on with Edmund? Sure. Right? Yeah. Is, uh, right? Is that kind of the subtext of going on with Macbeth? Because the only way to move forward, it, like, he is a guy and his wife raised in a place where the only way to move up is by enacting violence. So, of course, you're going to end up, you know, killing the ones you love because it's the only way to keep moving forward. But it's like, but nobody gets a speech about it that's supposed to be sympathetic. Yeah. Shylock is the one who gets the speech. Yeah. And I think that's meaningful, as anti-Semitic as the character might be. Or uh, the play itself. The play, the play's yeah. point of view is. Because, again, he gets punished at the end and everybody gets happy and married and rich at the end except for Shylock. Who suffers, right? Yeah, but but he gets the speech. Yes, and the rest of them don't want to buy it, of course. And who knows, you know how that's read. But as far as I'm concerned, you, you mean, can't I, read that speech in a play, in a performance in front of people, and not come off as making 
for the length of that speech at least, Shylock the most sympathetic person in the play. So there. So there. All right. I mean, so yes, really um, if I were to, we should wrap this up. So yes. obviously <laughs> we loved Hunter's season two. Yes. But the reason, and we talked about this a little last time, the reason it hits us so hard is, you know, as literally on one side, a scholar of religious history, and on the other side, an amateur scholar of religious history, like, the the, the treatment of the Jews throughout history is this giant elephant in the room yeah. of all of Western civilization. Yeah. Right? That nobody wants to talk about, right? And to have a show be willing to talk about it and be willing to say in the most brutal and simple and clear for every part of the audience terms, this is unacceptable and these people deserve their revenge. These people deserve their justice. And those people deserve to die. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so refreshing to see what everyone who knows this history on one level thinks. Yeah. Because, again, uh, we're going to talk about Sniper Elite the series later. I'm just saying. Okay. We will do that. We're going to do that later. But it's like, imagine a world where, like, uh, where you never admit that the Holocaust happens in a video game about World War II, but you want to suggest the play, the villains are bad guys, but you use a word for Einsatzbrigada, you know, the guys who went around just murdering civilians, yeah. but you use a term for it so obscure that it doesn't even like that literally no one playing this game will know what that word means. And if you Google this term on the internet, it doesn't exist. That's how obscure the term is. I think at that point, we officially can say, you're kind of covering for Nazis. So there. And with so, that, we need to end the podcast. We are ending the podcast. All right. So uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction, or let's face it, anti-Nazi related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it because that's how uh, new viewers find viewers, listeners find the show. Thanks for listening as always. We'll see you back here for Cracker on Thursday, but until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks podcasting network.